I kind of think the Amazon on fire, the Amazon rainforest being on fire, not like the sexiest story, but kind of like a life or death for the planet type of story. So I'm pretty confident it's important enough to lead the broadcast. Uh, and, you know, it's getting like 30 seconds on cable news and in corporate media. But like the Amazon rainforest is like the lungs if if the if 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 the if if the world is your body, the Amazon rainforest is like the lungs uh, of the world, and it is now on fire because of a lunatic, moronic, fascist leader in Brazil who has been cutting down the trees in the Amazon at scary, reckless, st- moronic, stu- stupid, and dangerous levels. This from the BBC. Brazil's Amazon rainforest has seen a record number of fires this year, new space agency data suggests. The National Institute for Space Research said its satellite data showed an 84% increase on the same period in 2018. It comes weeks after President Jair Bolsonaro sacked the head of the agency amid rows over its deforestation data. The largest rainforest in the world, the Amazon is vital carbon store that slows down the pace of global warming. It is also home to about 3 million species of plants and animals and 1 million indigenous people. Conservationists have blamed Mr. Bolsonaro for the Amazon's plight, saying he has encouraged loggers and farmers to clear the land. He, He has. I don't know why they're saying saying he has, he has encouraged uh, local loggers and farmers to clear the land for industry and, and to, you know, basically, uh, you know, have a boom in Brazilian industry. And scientists say the rainforest has suffered losses at an accelerated rate since he took office in January. And look at that chart. This year has seen more than double the number of fires in Brazil than in 2013. I mean, it's amazing. And just look at this footage right here. It's a kind of vicious cycle. Once we have more heat, the forest grow more dry, and it's more susceptible to, to get fire and have more greenhouse emissions. They call uh, Bolsonaro the Trump of Brazil. And this might be in Brazil, and you might be like, all right, it's in Brazil. Um, Again, the Amazon rainforest is the biggest rainforest in the world, and it is one of the biggest, biggest protectors, or uh, just look at it as um, suction cups for carbon. Carbon gets sucked in to the rainforest, thus not going all over. Uh, into the air. 
So not only is this man a, a major, major homophobe, not only is this man, uh, I mean, a corrupt criminal, doesn't even begin to start it. If you followed Glenn Greenwald's amazing reporting at The Intercept that popped the lid off of this scandal that wrongly imprisoned the former president of Brazil, uh, Lula is his nickname. And it showed that, you know, Glenn uh, intercepted text messages, emails that showed the judge in the case was basically working with the prosecutors to basically ram Lula, who is worker friendly, into prison. And this is how Bolsonaro got elected in the first place. So there's a lot of reasons to protest Bolsonaro. He's a dangerous man. But the whole world is being affected because he is allowing, because of his stupidity, This goes beyond just like your average American Republican saying climate change isn't real. He is destroying arguably the biggest protector against uh, uh, climate change. Propaganda says carbon sequestration. And by the way, I've, I've reached out to Josh Fox to see if I could get an interview with him. Obviously, Josh Fox expert on fracking, has done documentaries on fracking, climate change, so we're definitely going to get some experts lined up to interview them on this. But this is monstrous. And this also is not something, you know, if you just got Bolsonaro out of um, office and brought in a a sane leader who understands science, the damage is done now is very, very hard to reverse. And it's remarkable to me. You know, I understand that people at CNN, MSNBC, the New York Times, the Washington Post are corporate media. So I think the whole world needs to come together because this guy is going to do more to accelerate. Like the United Nations report said 12 years till irreversible damage. Well, if the Amazon rainforest, if the trees uh, keep getting cut down, you could move up that timeline. And that's very, very scary. So that's what's going on as far as the Amazon uh, destruction. And I'm going to stay on it because I think it's super important. I don't pretend to be like a scientific expert. I don't pretend to be the biggest expert in all things CO2. I know a lot about fracking, but I do know that the Amazon rainforest does more to trap carbon, thus protecting us and thus taking carbon out of the planet and taking uh, carbon out of the air and reducing the carbon footprint. And this Bolsonaro is literally creating an environmental holocaust. And I do not exaggerate when I say he is going to create an environmental holocaust with what he is doing. He doesn't understand science, and he's got a lot of Trump in him, and it's very, very scary. Uh, Today, in front of the AFLI, AFL-CIO, Bernie Sanders, you know, it's... According to CNN, MSNBC, the New York Times, GQ, just did a very, very amazing spread of Elizabeth Warren. The Summer of Warren uh, was their spread. According to them, uh, Elizabeth Warren is the only one, only one who knows how to spell. She's the only one who knows how to write a plan. And her plans are just magnificent. They're fantastic. No, no mention that Bernie Sanders is the most comprehensive health care plan of any candidate, a plan that many of the other candidates copied before they backtracked off of it. I'm talking to you, Kamala Harris. So it's interesting that Bernie Sanders reveals a very comprehensive um, union plan to strengthen unions. And I've seen a little bit of coverage, but not much. 
Does it have anything to do with the fact that we there's barely any coverage over the last two, three decades of the destruction of unions in America? Which, by the way, if you look at the destruction of America, that red line where all that money has been stolen from you to go to oligarchs, to go to uh, pharmaceutical executives, bankers, real estate developers, uh, Silicon Valley giants, big fossil fuel executives, and all the usual suspects. Well, the destruction of unions, which started in the 1980s under St. Saint Reagan, that coincided. It's all connected. It all happened at the same time. So Bernie Sanders revealed a plan to double union membership, to get rid of right to work, which is one of the most regressive, toxic laws that is destroying unions, intimidating workers, and basically creating an economic hunger games. So I'll read it real quick. Bernie Sanders, who has frequently done his presidential campaigning on picket lines, unveiled a comprehensive set of proposals on Wednesday designed to revive and newly empower organized labor. Sanders' workplace democracy plan includes a mix of legislation and promised executive orders, including one that would deny federal contracts to companies that pay their executives 150 times more than their employees or offer wages lower than $15 an hour. I kind of, I don't mean to, you know, pick a little bit at Bernie. I think 150 times your worker is a little too high. I think, I think you should have lowered it. I don't think CEOs should make more than 50 times their workers, in my opinion, and that includes me. Hold me to it. I think that 150 times your worker is still asinine. There is no CEO that I know that is that much more valuable than the, the means of production, which are the workers. So, not sure I totally agree with Bernie on the number, but I digress. Better than nothing. Sanders has made his support for unions. Uh, excuse me. The Vermont Independent would also push new legislation allowing all federal workers the right to strike and end so-called right-to-work laws. They're not so-called. They are right-to-work laws. Sanders has made for support for unions, striking workers, and employees agitating for higher wages at major corporations a central theme of his presidential runs. Since entering the 2020 primary, he has confronted Walmart's corporate leadership at its annual shareholders meeting to ask for an increase in its minimum, minimum wage, marched alongside McDonald's workers demanding $15 an hour, and joined health care workers protesting the planned closure of a historic Philadelphia hospital, which status coup and Jen were on the ground during Bernie's rally there at, I think it was Hahnemann Hospital in Philadelphia, which caters to minority and low-income uh, people. He has also attacked Amazon, blah, 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 blah. We know all this. Corporate, quote, corporate America and the billionaire class have been waging a 40-year war against the trade union movement in America that has caused devastating harm to the middle class in terms of lower wages, fewer Bennett's, benefits and frozen pensions, Sanders said. That war will come to an end when I am president. If we are serious about rebuilding the middle class in America, we've got to rebuild, strengthen, and expand the trade union movement in America. On Wednesday, Sanders, whose campaign says the plan would double union membership during his first term, and other presidential candidates will address the Iowa AFL-CIO. AFL and what Bernie told the Iowa AFL-CIO was... If we're going to wage, if there's going to be a class war in America, how about the workers win? This is what he told the union today. So Bernie's plan is comprehensive, but you don't hear, you know, Bernie has a plan for that. It's always Warren has a plan for this. Warren has a plan for that. War Listen, two things could be true at once. Does Elizabeth Warren have a bunch of nerds 
in, in, in a in a you know dimly lit room at her campaign headquarters, working overtime for a plan on everything from how you roll out of bed without hurting your back to how you you know a plan for everything. That's wonderful. We appreciate it. But Bernie Sanders has some plans too. Unfortunately, Bernie Sanders, the corporate media won't cover his plans. You want to know why? Because they don't want Bernie Sanders breathing anywhere near the White House. They don't want it. They don't want it. Elizabeth Warren, you take a guess why. They could tolerate a a little bit more. And I have seen this up close. We have been out on the road. You know, General Motors laid off 15,000 workers, most of them union members. 15,000 workers a couple months ago. We were on the road covering that. We were on the road interviewing the workers. CNN wasn't. Certainly not. Workers are not only being destroyed, intimidated, taken advantage of by General Motors. Frankly, in some cases, they're being, they're being intimidated by their unions. I want to play you this clip. We have a lot of new subscribers, so you might have not seen this, but this is our interview with some auto workers that are in a union from Detroit. We had to black out their face because they were so scared of of repercussions, not only from General Motors, but from their union. This is what Bernie Sanders is trying to fix. The, the, um, The taking advantage of the discrimination against workers and basically the economic hunger games that has been waged against unions and its workers by corporate America. What did they say? Greed is good. Greed is a good thing. Well, this is it right in your face. This is from when we were out in the field a couple months ago. One thing I think corporations look at, and I know they look at, they look at their stockholders. The stockholders operate on quarterly basis. Yes. Show me where we're making profits quarterly. And yeah, they do develop five-year plans, 10-year plans, um, but those plans are never in the interest of the workforce and how it's going to affect the worker who's making the profits for them. It only focuses on the profit and the profit margin. And I think that's a, a flawed way of thinking because at some point you're going to out, people who buy these vehicles right now is the workers, is the blue-collar worker. That's who buys cars majority of the time. Most of the wealthy cars are sponsored to them, given to them, or, or they lease to them, or some other f- way they're getting, or they're not buying American cars at all, to be honest. What sustains the auto market is the blue-collar worker. So if you, if you take them out of it, then you have to start saying, well, where's my sales going to come 10, 20 years ago? And now you're looking at long-term profit margins dipping, right? And after you save so much out of eliminating the worker out of it, that's exactly what's going to happen. Still looking at quarter base, quarterly base. I didn't look a little bit further than that, or a little bit more deeper, I should say, on that um, statement there. By the way, General Motors laid off 15,000 workers after getting a $51 billion bailout from the federal government. After making $8.1 mil, uh, billion in profits in 2018. This is the unfettered greed. And this is why I call it the United corporations of America. And a huge reason why CEOs, why corporations are be, have been allowed to do this is the thing that protects workers against this, the unions, have been decimated, if you want to look at it as an analogy, like the Amazon rainforest is being decimated as we speak. 
United Corporations of America. So it's not just about doubling union membership. It's getting rid of right, right to work laws, which Bernie Sanders plan proposes, which protects union workers. It is also about, you know, Bernie Sanders has talked about um, increasing union members um, say in corporations, including putting them on the board of directors of companies. But just doubling the union membership isn't going to do anything if those unions don't have more power. And that is why you could call me a communist if you want, some of my naysayers. We need to take away power from the corporations in this country. The corporations can no longer run our government because if they are allowed to run our government, there is not a corporate CEO nowadays that I know that genuinely cares, genuinely cares if their worker can breathe, can feed their family. It is all about, as that gentleman just talked about in that video, value for your shareholders, getting your shareholders more money. And if the workers could eat, that's a, that's a plus. So there's another thing. If you look at productivity, that's the blue line. This is since the 1950s, but look at that since the 1980s, right in the middle there. Productivity skyrockets in this country over the last three decades. Hourly compensation, essentially flat. That is another huge sign and a huge result of union bashing. Because strong unions mean strong and consistent raises, wage increases. You don't see this that much on CNN, this chart. You don't see this on MSNBC. This is the ball game right here. This is the theft. This is the corporations bashing the unions, taking protections away from workers, intimidating workers to the point that many workers are afraid to go to the bathroom too long or they will lose their job. That is why I call this the economic hunger games. And Bernie Sanders has called for a federal jobs guarantee. Somebody brought that up. So this is how, you know, wonderful capitalism is. And this is why status quo exists, to put a face to that, those ugly graphs. That's why we went out to Detroit to interview those workers. If you're, if you're a new subscriber, you go to playlists on our homepage, click on playlists, and then click on General Motors. You can see all the interviews we did on the road on that trip. We interviewed auto workers. We interviewed other workers. We did a lot of great stuff there. The DNC, apparently, because of its money problems, uh, it's just taking whatever money they could humanly take, and if it's from awful, awful corporations, so be it. Super PAC money flowed to the DNC ahead of their critical August meeting. Democratic candidates for president have sworn off corporate PAC money, but the Democratic National Committee took in more than 155000 in funds from corporate PACs in July ahead of the major DNC meeting this weekend that 2020 candidates will attend. Their donations flowed in from PACs linked to the audit and consulting firm Deloitte, which has its own little scandal, which I'll get into. The drug company Pfizer, which is being investigated right now for price gouging. The National Association of Realtors, which is basically the organized mob that is facilitating the gentrification in all your communities. And the law firm Dwayne Morris. Deloitte was the biggest contributor, giving the DNC 90000 in July, according to newly available campaign finance disclosures. And not to be outdone, Tom Perez definitely leading with his values here, not to be outdone by taking all this corporate filthy money, 
He's also, Tom Perez, apparently the DNC can't raise enough money in America, so Tom Perez is literally fleeing to Mexico. He must go to Mexico. No offense to my Mexican brothers and sisters. He's got to go to Mexico to raise money from American you know, expatriates living in Mexico. This is not the onion. This is real. DNC chief plans to raise money from Americans in Mexico City. I hear the next step is uh, Tom Perez is going to the North Pole to raise money from expats living in the North Pole. Then Antarctica. And finally Mars. You can't make this stuff up. So the Democratic Party is having money troubles. So instead of maybe changing their policies to actually attract small dollar donors, instead of changing their platform, instead of latching on and jumping on to widely popular policies like universal health care, free public college, a Green New Deal, fight for 15, which it says it's for, but not really. We now have to take money from Deloitte, Pfizer, real estate gentrifiers, and go to Mexico. I mean, I don't want to be a hypocrite because I'm going to Mexico in uh, October for my brother's bachelor party, first time in Mexico, and I'm going to have a great time. I'm going to have a wonderful, wonderful time, but I'm certainly not going to be facilitating. uh, I'm not taking money from American expats. Just take a look here. Uh, Let's highlight. We got Deloitte was the biggest contributor. Well, Deloitte is being investigated as part of a global financial scandal. For for subscribers, many, many months ago, I uh, covered the 1MDB. 1MDB, which is a major, major global financial scandal on money of money laundering right out of Malaysia. The Malaysian Institute of Accountants is investigating Deloitte and KPMG for their involvement in the One Malaysia Development Fund. Let me go to Matt Taibbi of Rolling Stone. Here is my interview with Matt. A quick reminder what the One MDB scandal was all about, that the DNC is taking money from One MDB's accountants. Can't make this stuff up. Dictators have always stolen stuff, all right? So if you're Mobuto Sese Seiko or Marcos or Suharto, what do you do? Your company produces rubber or diamonds or you know coal or whatever it is. There's usually a state fund or a state enterprise that sells uh, that stuff. And then the dictator rigs the numbers and then diverts most of the proceeds to, to himself, you know, to a Swiss bank account. What happened in Malaysia was a twist on that. They didn't even bother getting a product. What they did is they created a sovereign wealth fund called 1MDB, and they went around to investors all over the world, and they said, we want to build stuff in Malaysia. We want to build buildings, uh, agricultural products, uh, projects, uh, infrastructure, so we need to raise money for these projects, and then we have this great investment bank, which is going to handle the bonds. So you give to us, and you know you'll get returns on it very quickly. So they raised like six and a half billion dollars, but they never did any of the actual work. It, it, the money just went off to a like basically a series of dummy accounts close to the prime minister Najib Razak and a couple of insiders. So that's one MDB in a nutshell. Okay, and. 
if you remember, uh, you know, Kamala Harris's campaign never answered me, but Kamala Harris was doing a fundraiser with somebody who might have been investigated or might currently have been investigated related to the 1MDB financial scandal. And 1MDB stretched everywhere. Some of that money that was supposed to be, uh, you know, put towards infrastructure in Malaysia went to, like, the filming of Wolf of Wall Street, that Leonardo DiCaprio classic. So very, very shady. Deloitte's being investigated because they were basically doing the accounting for the money laundering. And the Democratic Party is taking $90,000 from... I mean, listen, we're all innocent till proven guilty, but, like, that's not a good look. Not a good look. But the Democratic Party... Taking that money anyway. Got to get that money, baby. Not to be outdone by Pfizer. And by the way, all I do is quick Google searches. Not hard to find the corruption in all these corporate donors. Pfizer is among one of the drug companies uh, being accused of illegally price gouging. Law enforcement authorities from dozens of state states filed a federal complaint accusing 20 pharmaceutical companies including Teva, Sandoz, and Pfizer of conspiring to hike generic drug prices costing billions of dollars in overcharges and undermining government efforts to hold down medical costs but just but we don't but Medicare for all is the tyranny not for-profit insurance I tell you New Jersey officials announced the filing on Saturday, saying that the costs for the drugs were sometimes boosted by more than 10 times what they should have been, and that company officials, knowing they were violating the law, spoke in person or by cell phone so as not to create a written record of their conduct. Just another day at the office for the United Corporations of America, but, you know, the DNC needs the dough. The DNC needs that money, so they will be like, all right, well, 90000 from, you know, potentially... Illegal accountants. You know, we'll take a little bit from Pfizer, even though they're doing, you know, price gouging illegally and probably responsible for killing people. I mean, not so dramatic. When you price gouge, people ration their medicine because they can't afford it. And then they die. I know some of you have probably had to ration your medicine. What's amazing to me about all this is you have the Democratic Party who is clearly, clearly pushing Joe Biden. I mean, they're willing to drag him, even if he's lifeless, they're willing to drag Joe Biden to the finish line to become the nominee and probably lose to Donald Trump, as I've shown you repeatedly is going to happen. If it's not Biden, they're willing to prop up Elizabeth Warren because they want to prop Warren up in order to knock Bernie out. And they're also, frankly... I mean, this is from my former colleague, Michael Tracy. Uh, Basically, they're just reinventing the rules to try and screw Tulsi Gabbard out of uh, becoming eligible for the next debate. Tulsi Gabbard is this is this is from Tracy in Real Clear Politics. Tulsi Gabbard is on the verge of being excluded from the next Democratic presidential debate on the basis of criteria that it appears increasingly absurd. Take, for instance, her poll standing in New Hampshire, which currently places her at 3.3%, according to the Real Clear Politics average as of August 20th. One might suspect that such a figure would merit inclusion in the upcoming debates, especially considering she's ahead of several candidates who have already been granted entry, including Cory Booker, Amy Klobuchar, Beto O'Rourke, and Andrew Yang. But the DNC has decried that the polls constituting this average are not sufficiently, quote, qualifying. If you want to read Michael Tracy's um, P, 
piece. It's in real clear politics. So, DNC, got to go to Mexico to raise money. Screwed Tulsi Gabbard out of the third debate. Take money from a big accounting firm that might be guilty of helping a global financial money laundering scheme. Taking money from pharmaceutical companies that are under investigation for illegal price hacking. But Trump's the Antichrist. Vote for us. This is why the Democrats lose. Do they think people are just going to, you know, even are just people that didn't come out in 2016 are suddenly going to come out because the situation has changed that much worse, that much more. And they'll be like, you know what? Yeah, the DNC is corrupt. Yeah, Joe Biden is like a Republican. But Trump called himself the chosen one today. You know, Trump is not Trump is attacking uh, Jewish Democrats. We can't we just can't deal with this. So we'll go we'll go with the corruption or as an MSNBC reporter said yesterday, make America boring again. If you were watching yesterday, this is what MSNBC is now selling its viewers. Make America boring again. People will go for that. So I look forward. uh, I very much look forward to one day being able to interview Tom Perez, Uh, the the just has such such conviction such such class courage of his convictions really really stand up guy I look forward to it I have an outstanding request to interview Tom Perez but apparently he's too busy leading with his values to join status quo we'll see what happens there is news related to Flint because status quo also is the only one that's been covering Flint, and we will continue to cover Flint. And if you didn't know, there's also a water crisis now in Newark, New Jersey. I was on the ground there Sunday interviewing people, and I'm going to be back since it's close to where I live. We will be doing more and more on the Newark water crisis. So this is also another major reason. Become a member, become a member. It's how we keep the lights on, but it's also how we fund in-the-field reporting. So in Flint, as you know, We broke a story last year about basically the state of Michigan cheating, cheating on the water testing for two years. They manipulated the water testing to make it look like the lead levels were back to normal when who knows what the real lead levels were. They were doing this by flushing residents' lines before taking the water test. The the narrative that the Flint water is improved or the water crisis is over is a false narrative. Status quo showed you. We broke the story that to get those numbers, they cheated. They basically flushed away the lead before taking samples. So <laughs> crypto you're re- is really high. That's great. So the thing is, the state did that. So then after the state cheated on the testing, they wiped their hands of it. And they said that the city of Flint is now responsible for continuing the water testing because mm. you have to continually monitor. Well, this is the letter. This is the letter that the state now called the Department of Environment, Great Lakes and Energy, it used to be called the Department of Environmental Quality, sent the city of Flint the other day. Subject, violation notice, monitoring and reporting for lead and copper. The records of the Michigan Department of Environment, Great Lakes and Energy, Drinking Water and Environmental Health Division show that the city of Flint is in violation of the Safe Drinking Water Act as amended, specifically RS blah, 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 blah. Lead and copper and tap water monitoring requirements. In accordance 
With the above rules, the city shall collect samples every six months, have them analyzed for lead and copper, and report the results to the environmental department. The city's specific monitoring requirement was to collect samples from 60 confirmed Tier 1 sites during the monitoring period between January 1st, 2019 and June 30th. All Tier 1 means is the most at-risk homes for lead contamination. That's what Tier 1 means, the most at-risk homes, usually homes that have a lead service line connected to it. So now the Michigan Environmental Department is saying that the city of Flint did not test enough homes that are most at-risk for water contamination, which is very much, the, what do they get, the pot calling the kettle black? black? Uh-huh. So the state of Michigan, the environmental department under now former Governor Rick Snyder, who literally cheated for over two years and then spun off their cheating as the water's fine now, is now telling the city of Flint it's out of compliance. So I reached out to uh, the mayor, Karen Weaver, um, and the mayor, uh, her spokesperson, if I could find it, I got so many emails now. Hold on. The mayor's uh, spokesperson responded to me. Okay, you can't see either of our emails. Perfect. The city is working on a response to this letter, which will go out tomorrow. The city disagrees with the facts as stated in this letter, as the environmental department did not provide the city with the final approved sampling methods for first and fifth, uh, one liter and five liter lead and copper sampling until March 22nd, 2019, three months into the monitoring period. So this might be sound like kind of in the weeds to you. So let me break it down for you. The state basically set up the city of Flint to, for, for a fall. The state set up the, the city of Flint to fail with, because it didn't give the city of Flint whatever its, sta- its testing measurements were, how many homes they had to be tested, that kind of thing. I was actually going to interview a Flint resident tonight about uh, this and get an update on the overall crisis because now they might be trying to take away the emergency declaration which means even more relief pulled away from Flint, which the crisis is not over. But because the media is accomplices to the state, because the media just repeats and regurgitates lies from the state, because the media doesn't do any investigative reporting that shows, no, these numbers are cooked. They haven't even changed all of the lead service lines in Flint over five years later. Those lead service lines would have been fixed within six months right here in New York. So you have a state of Michigan that is cheated on the water testing. You have a new governor as of January who said she was going to reopen those water pods. Hasn't done that. And now you have the state basically saying the city of Flint is not meeting the standards of the EPA for water testing. But it didn't give the city of Flint any assistance or any measurements on how they test until three months into the measuring period. In America, 22 people get shot up in, in Texas, nine people in Dayton, all within 24 hours. Weeks later, nothing. Trump is now moonwalking away from background checks. America, over 100 million people, majority black, all poor, get poisoned over five years ago, nothing happens. Newark, New Jersey, which I just went to, 
where some of the pipes in the ground were put in the ground in 1880 and still have not been changed. You got majority black community there, 30% poverty, now dealing with the same thing as Flint. But let's talk about what Donald, the, the madness of what Trump is tweeting today, calling himself the chosen one. And Detroit's water screwed up too. Thank you, Magic Jack. Love that name, by the way. There was a protest in Detroit at the water division around 2 p.m. So maybe when people criticize me and status quo, you don't cover Trump enough. Well, maybe we're covering everything that the corporate media is covering up. Because I call me old fashioned. Call me old fashioned. But I kind of think that water is the most important thing for the human body. And I'm pretty sure the research and science backs me up. Mm. And if the water is still not safe in Flint, which my research and my reporting show it's not, and you could go ask the residents who are still over five years later getting rashes from that water, getting hair loss. Some of them have nosebleeds. I was supposed to interview someone, uh, a Flint resident tonight, but she canceled on me because it is so hot. And when, you, when it is so hot out, if you're already immunocompromised, which most people who are lead poisoned are immunocompromised, you don't feel well most of the time. It is crippling when you have lead in your bones and your brain and, your, and your, or all over your body. So we're going to continue covering Flint while CNN covers what Trump tweeted today, while everybody else covers the horse race, who's up, who's down, how many great plans Elizabeth Warren has. And don't think it's just Flint, folks. Don't think it's just Newark. We got water problems in Detroit, East Chicago, Indiana, Gary, Indiana, Newark, Newark, New Jersey, North Carolina, now Bloomfield, New Jersey, Pittsburgh, Florida, California, Oregon. It's just to name a few.